SAFM, leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. In this half hour, we're in conversation with Lionel Makokotlela, who joins us every week to discuss consumer matters. He's the founder at Financial Wise Corner. Um, and today, we're speaking about rental disputes and how you can access the Rental Housing Tribunal. To be honest, I had no idea such a tribunal exists. Lionel, good morning. Good morning, Oliver, and good morning to the SAFM listeners. Yeah, uh, I, I had no idea this tribunal exists. What do they do? Well, they actually are there. They do exist and they've been there for quite some time. It's just that maybe uh, when it comes to promoting themselves, they're a little bit shy. Uh, but uh, they primarily are there to actually deal with uh, disputes between landlords as well as tenants. Mm. And this is like a yeah. free uh, a service, uh, service that actually uh, public can actually utilize whenever they've got issues with regard to their rental issues. So at the end of the day, it's just something that we as SAFM pride ourselves of actually taking the information to our people just so that they get to be empowered and make better decisions whenever they find themselves in yeah. such a situation. Yeah. And as from last week, we have been inundated with queries where tenants are now actually asking what their rights are when it comes to uh, landlords to actually sort of like uh, come across as breaching the um, the agreement that they might actually have had with them when it comes to deposit not being paid back, when it comes to now uh, the landlord uh, either not fixing the leaking pipes that are actually there, what can they do and who should they actually approach and things of that nature. So I just felt it in my spirit that it would be right to actually talk about this since it's January, uh, I mean, since it's New Year, <laughs> February now, and uh, mm. people are actually in yeah. some serious uh, um, disputes when it comes to rental issues. Yeah. So so let's start here. What sort of disputes does the Rental uh, Dispute Tribunal look at? Okay, it looks at um the um the land oh okay. Firstly, what they do is that they look at the uh, issues where it looks at their rental, the non-payment of rentals or failure of refunds, invasion of uh, tenants' privacy, unlawful seizure of tenants' goods, discrimination by landlords against prospect tenants. Be it, uh, as you know, there, there was a case in Cape Town where one uh, tenant was discriminated based on their skin color because he was black and the specific uh, landlord wanted a, a, a white tenant. And he was actually discriminated on that. So he took the matter uh, to court, yeah. but he actually won the uh, the case. So he was awarded, I think it was about 25000 uh, for uh, discrimination in this regard. So those are some of the well, issues the, that they the, actually... Look. Yeah, the agent was fined 25000 uh, Does that money go to the, uh, to the prospective renter? It should... Uh, if that, that 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 is the person who actually lodged the complaint because the 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 awarding goes to the person who actually won okay so yeah it should go to him or whoever the lawyer that was representing him in this regard then the other one is actually with lack of maintenance and repairs illegal eviction uh, there are people who have been evicted where there are no court orders so this is where then the uh, a, a rental housing uh, tribunal would actually come in handy or damaged goods there are some tenants when they leave the property you'd find that the walls have actually been cracked or windows have actually been broken yes. or taps and things like that so those are just some of the issues uh, in a nutshell that the tribunal uh, would actually deal with so how do you access the tribunal 
The tribunal is actually accessible uh, via, um, you can actually go to the offices uh, where you go to www.departmentofhumansettlement.gov.za. Uh, um, uh, uh, this is where you would actually a, a list of all the offices that they actually have. They've got an office in Pretoria, Gauteng, Limpopo, Eastern Cape, uh, Western Cape, and all the major uh, areas. This is basically where, uh, in the event that you cannot actually access the office physically, you can actually get a form online, uh, fax it through or email it through to the specific uh, tribunal uh, in the area where you are residing. Or you can actually uh, even go to your magistrate courts. They would actually be able to give you information uh, insofar as who to actually approach. Because some courts, uh, they actually have like pro bono offices where they actually provide people with information. In some cases, they would even give you forms in the event that you are actually unable to actually access those forms. Mm. So this is where then the uh, law society has actually tried to make sure that law is actually accessible to everybody in South Africa with or without resources by actually making sure that these offices would actually give uh, the general public all the resources that they would need in the event that they need actually emergency legal assistance. Yeah. Give us a call, 086-000-2032, if you'd like to ask a question. Do you perhaps have a current ongoing rental dispute? Perhaps you are a landlord, perhaps you're a property owner that's renting it out, or perhaps you're a tenant and you're not too happy with your agent or... Uh, the landlord that you're currently uh, uh, renting from. Give us that call, 086-000-2032, or you can simply send me a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. I'm also on Twitter, tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. So about access, uh, still on the issue of access, does it work sort of like, you know, at the small claims court, you don't need legal representation. You can just go there yourself um, That's and, right. and, and typically make your own appearance. Does the tribunal work in a similar fashion? Is there any sort of court fees that you need to pay? Uh, how typically, how long do you wait for a judgment and adjudication? Talk me through those sorts of things. Okay. First and foremost, uh, the services are free of charge. And secondly, you do not need a legal representative. You can actually go there and uh, present your case. However, I keep saying to our listeners that in the event that you need to go to any uh, person for help, make it a point that you actually have your own portfolio of evidence insofar as saying, this is what I have done in terms of speaking to uh, my tenant or my landlord. In this case, let me use myself as an example. Lionel, I've spoken to him on such and such a date. This is uh, what he actually said to me that he would uh, repair the broken window within a week. After a week, I actually contacted him. He actually ignored my calls. And um, that is basically your portfolio of evidence, your chain of evidence to simply say that you've actually done some groundwork yourself to make sure that the matter gets to be resolved before you actually approach them. Because once you actually go there with that, it actually simply gives them uh, the whole um, power to actually make a ruling very fast as opposed to now having to uh, ask yourself as well as then the other person where it might actually take weeks, in some cases months, depending on the complexity of the matter that is actually being dealt with. So that is uh, step number three. And uh, the other one is that simply that uh, you also have a right in the event that you feel that uh, you do not uh, know how to actually present this. You have a right to actually approach somebody who's in the legal profession to actually give you guidance in terms of how you actually 
can draft your uh, points uh, across just so that it actually is in a coherent manner and it actually subscribes to then uh, a good portfolio of evidence when you actually submit it before uh, this uh, tribunal. I don't know if you've got any other questions that you would need to ask before I actually go further. Yeah, no, you know, you can go further. I do have a few more questions, but let's wrap this segment up. So do go further. Okay. Um, so, well, once that is actually done, um, the tribunal, uh, it is actually got the power to summon the landlord or the tenant for hearing. So once the hearing actually gets to a point where the ruling is taken and then the other party is actually unhappy, then the uh, second step, it would actually be a mediation process where then the, um, the, 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 the matter would be referred to uh, um, mediation. And uh, one, okay, sorry, I just said uh, mediation. Mediation yeah. is actually the first step. Yes. Then once you're not happy with the mediation process, then there's going to be the arbitration process. Once then the arbitration process takes place, then the tribunal hearing will actually uh, give a ruling. The ruling is actually going to be binding. In the event that uh, the ruling is binding and you're not happy with it, you can now actually uh, uh, follow the whole court process because uh, the tribunal's uh, uh, ruling, it's actually equivalent to a magistrate court's uh, uh, order. Yeah. So in that case, if you then need to challenge it, you would then have to go to the high court. Then when you go, basically have to go to the high court, this is where it actually becomes a costly exercise where you would need lawyers to actually be involved in that whole process. But I, I, um, yeah, that is, so so at the at the point you choose to review or appeal the tribunal's judgment or order, uh, it would be useful to brief a lawyer then. And the high court is 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 you can also appear yourself in the high court, but it's not advisable usually. It's not advisable because uh, the high court's rules are actually totally different and you would definitely need somebody, a legal representative, who actually understand the rules and the um, logistical arrangements to actually guide you through the whole process. Yeah. And and, and uh, to what extent, what sort of orders does can you expect to get from a the tribunal? Usually it would be an order in the form of you can't evict this person or you can evict this person. Although evict eviction yes. or, or, or orders, typically you would have to go to a court for that, right? Um, yes, although a tribunal right. does act like a court itself. Uh, can the tribunal fine people uh, for yes. a breach of contract? Can it review contracts and impose certain clauses of those contracts? Uh, yeah, the types of orders. What What's the limitation of what you can expect from the tribunal effectively? Well, the limitation would basically be based on what is brought before them. So, for example, if, let's say, it's about uh, a leakage that has actually been going on and the landlord hasn't been fixing it, it would actually uh, grant them the order to simply say that the landlord needs to fix this within 24 hours, for example. And then if failure to do so, uh, then there would be a fine imposed. That fine would simply be uh, either I have to then call the plumber to come and fix the leakage, and then uh, I would actually claim that back on my uh, monthly um, uh, a rental uh, payment to then the landlord uh, to simply say that since I paid for the, uh, I did then the call out fee, I paid for the fixing of the uh, leakage and also did the whole administration. This is how much it actually cost yeah. me. You give them the receipts and simply say that this is what I'm actually going to be deducting from my monthly um, um, uh, monthly uh, rental uh, payment to you uh, because you failed to actually adhere to the court order that was actually granted in my favor. 
So those are just some of the things that you can actually do. But equally important, what then the listeners can do is to be proactive in making sure that where before you actually even go to the tribunal, make it a point that you've done the groundwork of actually trying to engage with the landlord mm. or engage with the tenant so that when it goes further uh, to then the tribunal, it's something that you don't come across as somebody who's just now trying to abuse the process for your own benefit as opposed to actually now uh, doing this in good faith. Give us a call, 86 Let's have a listen at some of the questions on our WhatsApp line. Morning, Oliver. Yes, it's Papi from Cape Town. Oliver, I just want to ask this uh, regarding our Islam seekers, as we've been here long in the country. Yeah, for like me, I've been here now 13 years. Imagine 13 years I'm still using Islam. And then this Islam, I'm a driver on Bolt. And then this Islam, I can't be able even to apply for the house to rent. You understand, Oliver? So, and then we have a family. Today we have family. When the place you stay, you must always look like a, a landlord, a owner of the house, and landlord to just put you in. You can't go to the agency to apply like normally, like other people. When you apply, they say you must bring a South, a South African ID or a passport. So we want to find out where can we go when we need like a help like this, Oliver. Like today I'm struggling. I want to apply for the house. I want to rent me and my family. They doesn't even recognize my asylum. They said I can't get a house to rent because I'm using asylum seeker. Please, Oliver, try to find out for us. Do you, do you perhaps know the limitations of who agents and property owners can rent to, uh, Lionel? Or is, is does, and does the tribunal have any sort of precedence on that? Can actually assist, but I think uh, in can the just... matter, uh, in the uh, what the gentleman is actually referring to, it's something that even human rights lawyers can actually do. I know since he's in Cape Town, I know Stellenbosch has got a very good um, a legal clinic which is free of charge where people can actually go and they will be able to assist them uh, based on then uh, whether it's going to be something where they look at there is a form of discrimination based on people not being non South African and therefore they can actually they cannot actually get access to housing or getting uh, access to to, to 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 rent a house uh, as such but I, I i'm not a qualified lawyer um uh, i just wanted to uh, to put that out there uh, but i feel that uh, he can actually approach a legal clinic where they can actually sit down and listen to his uh, issue and try to really uh, advise accordingly to say how to actually approach it but um if it's then the rental housing uh issue um i know that most people um where i'm residing in pretoria most people don't actually look at whether somebody is south african or non-south african before they can actually rent a house to them so what they normally look at it's then to see if then the papers are in order if you sure. are an asylum a seeker and you actually have a job so they would actually even ask where you are currently re- uh, working and then try to really uh do a reference check or background check to see if then the person is actually working there and uh, mm. would be able to actually afford the property that they are actually simply uh, now trying to rent. And then based on the outcome thereafter, then they would actually rent the house to, to the person, to the, t- to, to the new tenant. We're still taking your call, 86 If you want to send a WhatsApp voice note, it is 614 Let's have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note. Good morning, Eliva. This is Zanele in Deben. 
Is there something called formal and informal rental property? I'm asking this because there's so many people here in the informal segment where I live that have mm. built some back room um, where they are renting their tenants. So what happens to that tribunal if that uh, landlord has got a problem or that tenant has got a problem? They don't uh, come to the point that, no, this is the informal or we need mm. the formal uh, rent property. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Lalo? Okay. Yes. Uh, no, they, they don't actually look at it from that point uh, to simply say, for example, what, I, what I'm hearing from uh, the, uh, the MEMS uh, submission, it's simply that let's say one is living in a shack or, or, or in, in a township where there are big rooms where people actually have created uh, sort of like businesses for themselves where they let uh, rooms uh, to people versus let's say for example you go into a suburb where you actually got uh, get a, a contract um, which is actually drafted or signed um, and one would simply say that would be a formal contract versus then a verbal uh, contract where I tell you to simply say that every month you would be actually paying me a thousand rand. So the tribunal would actually not look at that. Both contracts whether verbal or written, they are still recognized in law. And if then there are any disputes, it's actually going to be about bringing the facts to the uh, to the table of knowledge to simply now debate whether those facts are actually accurate. And if they are accurate, what does then the law say? Even yeah. if you are renting a room at the back or renting a mansion or a townhouse or a penthouse, I, I it doesn't ask really you look at I want to ask you if the fees of if rental fees matter in that instance, but let's take a quick break. Hashtag SFM talking point. We're still continuing the conversation here. We're talking about the rental dispute tribunal. Lionel, do 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 the does the tribunal have a say over uh, market pricing and, and those sort of things, right? Because obviously, uh, in, in, in what we what we've termed now informal rental properties, they typically charge much, 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 much less than formal rental properties, um, and 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 the provision of services there. Um, to what extent does the rental tribunal uh, speak to that? Basically, they, they don't have a leg to actually venture into that territory insofar as how much people are actually charging. Uh, it would simply be a question of when you sign the contract, did you actually understand what it entailed, how much you are going to be paying on a monthly basis? And were you given an opportunity to go through it? And also what they can actually do themselves is to see, then uh, do a research in terms of how much are they charging around that specific area. If it's something that is actually outside, then the, uh, the, the, the parameter of what is being charged there, and there are no extra features that are actually being uh, provided with the new property that you probably are, uh, are renting out for, then it would be a question of trying to really readjust that contract so that it's actually aligned to that. Mm. But uh, insofar as, for example, if I now charge a thousand rand and everybody in my area charges 1.6, I might actually charge a thousand rand because I want to attract new, uh, to attract tenants to my property just so that it doesn't sit vacant so they the tribunal would not necessarily have a, a say in that regard however it would actually have a say in the point where 
I have a tenant now, I sort of like change or intimidate uh, the, the, the tenant to now move out. Or maybe, for example, the tenant I give, because some tenants, you give them a contract, then they sublet the contract to someone else where they actually add a premium on top of the, uh, of the amount that you actually have charged them. So in that regard, then the tribunal would actually have a pro, uh, would actually have a leg to come in to simply say that the contract that you've actually entered into it's actually unlawful because the contract that you entered with A and B it's actually stating yeah, that yeah. you are then the tenant now you actually have B and C entering into a contract where A and uh, where A does not actually recognize C yeah and let's have, uh, yeah let's have a listen okay. at this uh, question that's come through on the WhatsApp line. Hi, Oliver. Man, uh, I want to inquire. I have a, a problem with my um, my agent. I've been renting with the agent since 2013, and now when we moved out of the the premises, uh, we we put my my mother, my old mother, which is retired. She started living in the house in the flat since 20 since 2019 up until present. But um, funny enough, the, our landlord had she been torturing us. She just comes in the house whenever she wants. She come in any time. She been torturing us. She been torturing my mother basically. And now suddenly she wanted my mother just out of the house, but she never given her any any written uh, um, uh, what, what do they say like like a notice to move Eviction out. Eviction order. Now in this month, but we pay. We don't owe her anything. And the flat also is in a condition of a very messy condition. Yeah. And I spend my money renovating the whole flat. Now, in this month, uh, last last week, she came and she locked the she locked the doors and everything changed the lock. So I want to know what advice can I get and where can I go? Yeah, good question. Okay. Lionel, in two minutes, do you have an answer to that? Yes, uh, the very first... Uh, the Easy answer is that you actually need to uh, approach the uh, uh, rental housing tribunal. These are the cases that they actually deal with on a day-to-day basis. So since I'm not quite sure where she is residing, so she actually can go onto the uh, Department of Human Settlement website and actually look and see uh, within your area who you can actually talk to. Before you actually even approach them, please make sure that you actually have a coherent story and also portfolio of evidence of what is it that then the, uh, the the landlord said when uh, they sent you a text and what did the text say just so that it can actually speed up the whole process because they also are going to be getting a letter as well as you just so that you know what is actually going to be the way forward thereafter. Uh, and, and, and once, uh, you know, I had a question here from somebody asking, is there any protection for landlords? Um, is the tr- tribunal a place where you can go for to, 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 to seek recourse against a re- recalcitrant tenant uh, or perhaps yes. even seek an eviction order from? Uh, eviction order, you need to go to the court. Um, so you would actually, uh, you can even go to the um a magistrate court uh, within your specific area and uh, actually lodge a complaint against your tenant who is actually not paying. And yes, even landlords can actually use their housing, um, a, re- a rental housing tribunal as a form of uh, a, a, an institution to actually uh, get a recourse uh, against uh, recalcitrant uh, tenants. Uh, and just to wrap this up, Lionel, for those of you, for those of our listeners who want to get in touch with you, who want to ask some more questions on this, uh, how can they do so? 065-693-1291. 
Igavas.com, uh, or you can check us on uh, social media, which is uh, Igavas Media uh, on Facebook. Thank, Thank you. you so much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. Lionel Makokotela, the uh, founder of Financial Wise Corner.